This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome to the MVFC First and Goal podcast. I'm Kelly Burke, and today we are diving into the realities of being a head coach's wife in football. And few are better qualified to talk about that topic than Kimberly Eck of South Dakota State Football. She is wife to Jason, the offensive line coach and the run game coordinator for South Dakota State. She's a mom to four boys, and she also has a blog, Beauty, Babes, and Ball. So Kimberly, I'm so excited we can finally connect, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kelly. You are in the middle, or really, actually, you, you just wrapped up fall training camp. So how did you and the boys navigate that? You know, every, I'd say most mornings, he leaves at about 7 a.m. and gets back at about 10.30 or 11. So I think as a coach's wife, you just really have to stay busy. I think staying busy is key. And really with four boys, that's not really hard to do. But, um, you know, we just... We basically just kind of get ready for back to school and we were ending some uh, summer sports and getting ready for some fall sports. We just keep busy and kind of keep, you know, we try and make practice when we can and and keep things rolling. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you did not grow up in a coach's family. So how, (laughs) how much of an eye opener was marrying a football coach for you? Well, from the time I was born till about 23 years old, I lived within like a 15-minute radius of Madison, Wisconsin, and then I married Jason, and so basically, um, with all, like being married to football and all the moves, I'd say it's a big eye-opener. How so? I just think the moving around in general, I didn't, you know... It was pretty hard for me even first to go through the dynamics of getting let go. I took it really personally at first. I didn't understand it was part of the business, but I really had to just get a thicker skin skin and realize not take things personally. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. I, I think we've gone through a lot of ups and downs in his career, but we wouldn't be at South Dakota State, which, you know, we love without those ups and downs. So you alluded to it a little bit. But what do you feel like are the biggest misconceptions about being a coach's wife? That's a good question. Um, There's two things that really kind of stick out in my head when I think about it. The first thing is, and I I know a lot of coaches' wives will agree with this, people will ask a question, well, what does he do in the (laughs) off-season? What does your husband do in the off-season? And it kind of breaks on all of our nerves when we're asked that question because football really is – you know, it never ends. It really never ends because there's, you know, after the season, there's recruiting and then there's spring ball and spring training and camps and then there's satellite camps. And really, there's just a small part of July that we actually can get away for like a vacation. So I think that's a huge misconception that they think that their job is only in a season. <laughs> um, another misconception that I feel like um, and I, I've even felt like this from people like family close to me, that it's just a game when really it's our livelihood. And I don't think people understand like how much every game means and 
you know, if we're, we're losing and having a bad season, we're worried about, you know, what's going to happen with our jobs. And even the fans in the stands, I'd say, you know, they don't understand. They think it's a game, but they don't realize that, you know, child, you know, these coaches have children who have to change schools, have to meet new friends, have to move over and over. I mean, that's, you know, they don't understand it's our livelihood and it's so important to us. What would you say was the point that you really embraced being being not only a coach's wife, but just the coach's life because it is so different than the average person. It really is. And I'll, I'll, tell, I'll really be quite honest. When I met Jason, I really wasn't that into football. I watched a lot of college basketball with my family. Um, but as time, you know, as newly married, as a newly married coach's wife, I was luckily surrounded by amazing coaches' wives that really, you know, I kind of looked up to and... Um, I kind of embraced it early on just by watching them. I can even think of one situation. We were at the University of Idaho, and my the head coach's wife was Julie Holt, and her husband's Nick Holt. They're actually at Purdue now, but she would always look back at us, all the coaches' wives, to make sure we were standing up on third down. And that kind of stuck with me. I just thought that was really cool how into it she was, and she wanted to make sure we were all in and all supporting um, the team. And I'll, I mean, I'll be quite honest. Now I kind of get annoyed when people don't stand up on third down. <laughs> I think I just, that having that supportive coaches wives and just right. Like I looked up to her. I feel like that really helped me embrace being a coach's wife. It's funny that you say that because when I talked to Jason the other day, that was one thing he mentioned is just how, how far you've come. And he mentioned, <laughs> he mentioned the third down thing, you know, like defensively that you get really upset at people in the stands if they don't stand up. <laughs> and then he talked about too, how hard you take losses now. And that obviously the game against James Madison this past uh-huh. year in the semis and you know, that you were crying afterwards. And he's like, it, it means so much to me that she cares this oh, much. I love that. It really does. And you know, we're kind of, we support each other back and forth that way. Cause I'd say he handles regular season games pretty hard. Yeah. Um, you know, the Northern Iowa game was really tough for us this past year, but the James Madison really, I'd say there's only been two games in the history of his foot, you know, coaching football that I literally sobbed after a game and JMU was definitely one. I just feel like we have such a football family here where I've gotten so close with parents and those kids and seeing my husband's seniors tears in their eyes because it's their last game there's something just that gets to me and I think just more on just not just that we lost the game but seeing those families upset and I don't know it's over it's like I didn't want it to be over kind of feeling I wanted to keep going and I thought I knew we were good enough we were good enough but just didn't work out that way <laughs> how, how has coach Stegelmeyer, you know and, and his family how have they set the tone for the the whole group of coaches wives and just coaches families because he, he's such a man of faith um and he really in my opinion is is one of the true gentlemen of the missouri valley football conference he's just such a great person from a media standpoint to work with when we when we do your games occasionally he is just, they're just the most unbelievable family. And I, like I said, I'm so, I feel, 
I feel we're so blessed to have had the ups and downs to be able to get the opportunity to work here. I really believe that they believe in like a football family environment. We've never been in a program where they actually have a son's trip. And every year my sons are allowed to travel with the team and go on a trip. Um, to an away game and I I don't know there's something to be said for that and really you know Lori his wife just takes those boys under her wing and takes care of them and I just love the program here and what he represents because he really grinds and works hard he loves football but he remembers you know that we all have a family even you know during the season he has our children come up in their halloween costumes just so they can see the coaches and all the coaches hand out a treat and it's a short period of time but yeah they can break for just 10 minutes to see their children in costumes he really sees the big picture there's i i don't i can't imagine a better head coach than him i just adore him as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you have a, a must-read blog, in my opinion, called Beauty, Babes, and Ball. And what inspired you to start that? I started it almost three years ago, and I honestly didn't even know if anyone would read it. And I had talked about it for a long time, and finally I was actually surrounded in a room full of moving boxes. And I'm like, I'm just going to start it. And I just sat down and typed away. I think the big thing is, the beauty side is because I have a fashion marketing degree and a cosmetology degree, and the babes are my four children, um, and just kind of life as a mom, and it's a little bit chaotic at times, (laughs) but the ball part of it has been, the football part of aspect of it has been my most popular. Those are my, you know, most read posts, and I think this gives coaches' wives something to relate to. And we all need that. I mean, we're all going through sometimes moves where we're surrounded by boxes and our husbands are gone. And nothing touches me more than to hear from someone I don't even know, a coach's wife, states away saying, I totally related to this post. Thank you. I needed this right now. And, you know, that just makes me feel good. And I don't know. It just keeps me going with it. And that's why I keep writing. What kind of feedback do you get? I get I get a lot of people contacting me and my one thing that I've loved is just watching it grow because I can actually track how many people view each of my posts and it's really taken off. It started out small and it grows, you know, every I feel like every time I put out a new blog it gets bigger, a blog post it gets bigger and bigger and it's just fun to see that. But the you know the best part is just hearing someone like, "Wow, I totally related to that." That makes me feel great because we all, coaches' wives need each other. We need that support system. And I feel like if I'm helping, like, just even a handful of people, that makes me feel amazing. Yeah. You're also on the board of directors for the American Football Coaches Wives Association. And, you know, how did that come about? And, and what exactly does that entail? I actually have been a member for years now. And Jeannie Etheridge, which was the former president last year, and ironically, her husband is at uh, Illinois State, and he's also an offensive line coach, um, got a hold of me and suggested that I just apply for the board of directors. And so I filled out an application, and I met with the board, and then they voted for me this past year in Charlotte at the coaches convention. And I'm basically, I kind of run with um, another coach's wife, Teresa Lemke, the, I just run the whole social media aspect of it. And so I'm kind of on social media a lot with my blog. 
and just kind of out there. Like I made treats tonight for the players. I got to take pictures and post. I think they just thought I'd be a good fit with Teresa. And her and I really get together a lot. And we actually have like a private members page that we created. And that's only for, you know, football coaches, wives that are paying members. But we have like what's called instead of a podcast, it's a wine cast. It's gotten so big and so popular because we can get together during training camp and say, who's, you know, what are you guys doing right now? We're struggling. How are you staying? How are you staying busy? And so it gives coaches wives a private area to come together and be, you know, a little bit, I don't want to say we complain, but just kind of we're there for each other when, you know, there's difficult times like recruiting or whatever it be. And who doesn't want a glass of wine once? I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not even a coach's (laughs) wife, but I love wine. So I'd be right there with you. (laughs) You, you, you spoke about treats. I think how we initially connected is, you know, I, I came across, well, I, obviously I followed your husband on Twitter and then uh, through that came across you and your blog, but you were posting a picture about your scotcheroos and I reached out to you and said, um, I need the recipe for that. I think my husband would really like them. <laughs> so what? Uh, what's your specialty? <laughs> you know what? I always go with I have, I have a chocolate chip cookie recipe that's very popular. And I put like the team colors, blue, yellow, and white, and like M&Ms on top of it. And I'd say that's the most popular with the coaches. Um, I think the Scotcheroos were popular. I honestly told my husband, I think they're getting sick of them. Like I feel bad, but I'm the, I'm so superstitious that I'm like, I'm not changing the recipe. You win, you keep the recipe the same. So it was like a good problem to have. Yeah. But let's just say I did have the greatest manicure all season long because I was constantly washing my hands and baking like all the time. I'm sure. And probably especially the blue and the yellow probably got dyed onto your skin at times. Yeah, right. (laughs) Those are good problems, though, right, if you're winning. Totally, totally. Uh, I understand, too, you have the offensive lineman over once a year to your house for dinner, uh, which is no, no easy undertaking because I believe there's 19 of them. So is it like a Thanksgiving dinner kind of thing that you're preparing for that, especially those type of appetites? I actually would say it's probably pretty close because it's a lot of food, a lot of food and a, um, a, a lot of preparation. Like I, I literally start even day before just making things in the tins and then writing what, you know, what to bake it at so I can throw it in the oven, you know, at the right time I have I have dips set out when they get there. They all have really big appetites. And, um, you know, you got to give the big guys up front a little love sometimes. So. Especially because they don't always get the, I feel like they get sort of shafted sometimes by the media. You know, it's always the too. position players that are getting all the attention. Yeah, that's part of the reason, too, why I make those treats for them. I feel like, you know, the, obviously the quarterback's always going to get a lot of attention, but those big guys need a little love too. <laughs> so what better way with food? <laughs> totally, and they—they're the ones that keep the quarterback upright, t- keep tearing up. That's right. right. So. Yeah. <laughs> My conversation with Kimberly X continues in just a second. But if you're enjoying this edition of the MVFC First and Gold podcast, check out all the Lineup Media Group offerings, sports and non-sports podcasts. Now back to the show. What stands out about? South Dakota State's run to the semis last year? You know, it was kind of just like I felt like a magical season. I don't know if that seems like it was just amazing to watch them every week. And 
I don't know. To me, it was just such a great, we have such great players here. I really feel like, you know, all the coaches really recruit well and it just, everyone seems to fit so well here that I know that coach Stig and all the other coaches take a lot of time to make sure it's a good fit for South Dakota state and our players. I don't know. There's just such a football family. And I can think of like standing by Goddard's mom at JMU and she had her like yellow bunny ears on and we're cheering as they're going out. I just, I don't know. There's something about here that's I've never experienced anywhere else. Um, So that just overall, the run to the semis, I just felt was just such a great overall experience. I didn't want it to end. So I have to say that last game was just heartbreaking to me. And it was took me a long time to really get over it. Who would you say takes losses harder, you or Jason? I definitely think regular season games, he takes them harder. And then like the semifinal game, I, you know, I, I was sobbing. I was literally sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's more on the aspect of just, like I said, not only the loss is tough, but seeing families sad that they're never going to see their son play again. That aspect is really tough for me to see because I can relate. I'm going to have a son. I have a son that plays football. That could be me someday. And I just can't, you know, I feel for them. Yeah. You talked about, you know, you have a fashion marketing degree. You also have a cosmetology degree. So how do you, how do you weave that in though? Because you are a mom to four boys. So it's not like you have four girls, you know, that it'd be really easy to just throw that stuff in there. Um, How do you work it in? You know, it's funny because with my, I've never really been able to use my fashion marketing degree because usually we live in small college towns. Um, So partially that's why I started my blog, but I definitely, um, with my boys, my husband like laughs at me, but starting July, I start like planning like, okay, I'm going to buy, you know, matching t-shirts for us to wear at the game. And, you know, I have to definitely persuade my older sons and make sure it's acceptable to them because they're (laughs) teenagers, but I try and organize that. He, you know, I had, we just had our, um, family photo taken for the media guide and I had it all planned out so colors were coordinated and we were all in I I wanted our picture taken at the stadium this year so we were all in gear but I wanted to all you know meshed well so I guess that's how I use my fashion marketing degree a little bit um and of course we had to have Jack in our picture (laughs) totally I also use my cosmetology degree has really worked out good because I cut all their hair which is kind of nice so (laughs) yeah so my my job's never never done I wear a lot of hats in this house yeah do you have do other wives do you have other wives ever asking uh, you to do their hair or help with their makeup or anything you know I have had coaches wives that I've done their hair I have a, a really good friend of mine when we were at um when we were at Ball State University, I actually would do her hair, color it, and cut it regularly. So I, I never like to like advertise it, but if someone wanted me to help, I would. It's just convenient to have be able to do my son's hair anytime yeah. and my husband's hair. Sometimes I'd like a little break. <laughs> <laughs> I know you wear so many different hats. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you and Jason uh, celebrated 16 years of, of marriage, I believe, in June. Yeah. How did you both initially meet? You know, we met both in school when we were in Madison, Wisconsin, um, and it's funny because we have a, like a great story. I didn't even know he was a graduate assistant at Wisconsin at the time. Um, I wasn't really that big of a football fan. 
So I told him he was actually chewing on gum. And I said to him, you chew gum like a coach. He just kind of had that like demeanor about him. And I always tell him it's kind of like a joke. It's like in Jerry Maguire, when they say you had me at hello, I told him you chew gum like a coach. <laughs> and it was pretty much from then on we were together. So we had like our first date a few weeks after and we're together ever since. That's awesome. You had a a recent blog. Uh, it, I think it was something like sixteen things about you know within sixteen years. Yeah, yep. sixteen years of marriage. Sixteen things about being married. Um, and I think one of the first ones was about how you think of marriage traditionally as a fifty fifty partnership, but that nor but in in reality, it's like. On any given week, it might be 70-30, it might be, you know, like vice versa, which I thought was so spot on um, because I've been married about a quarter of what of what you guys have. We're, we're going on four years here. And I ex- exactly thought of it like 50-50. And then same thing, um, you just realized, no, it's a lot, it's a lot different than people make it out to be. <laughs> exactly. And I think too... If you go into this or any marriage thinking 50-50, it's not going to work out. You have to know there's going to be times of need for any, you know, spouse is going to need you more. But I'd say definitely in the football season, I think I said it was something like 90-10. And I, I really, I think there's a lot of truth to that. But I definitely think then when the season ends and recruiting ends, if there's a time, you know, that I need him, he steps up. So yeah, marriage is a lot of ebbs and flows. And it's yeah. one partner picking the other one up, you know, if they're going through stuff and vice versa. And you've, uh, you've moved nine times. And I believe you've been through <laughs> six head coaching changes. And so how hard is that aspect, uh, you know, of, of the relationship and just the life you live? The moving is definitely, I've kind of joked around that I should be probably like working for a moving company because I've packed so many times our homes up. Uh, That's a hard part in coaching because a lot of times our husbands leave and start their new job and we're the ones responsible for having the moving company come packing up. Sometimes, you know, whether the school pays for the move or not, or partially you have to come up with you know, a lot of times we I've chose to pack myself because that cuts down a lot on the cost. So mm. then we can have a moving company take it. Um, I just try and the biggest thing for me is I try and remain extremely positive for my children. Um, I feel like I chose to be married to a coach. They didn't like they were born into this life. And I think everything is in perspective. So if they see their mom crumbling, they're going to crumble. And so I kind of treat it always like a new football adventure. Um, Thankfully, we've just been so blessed, you know, even though we've had our ups and downs to be at a place like South Dakota State. um, I just think our president, Barry Dunn, and our athletic athletic director, uh, Justin Sell, has done an amazing job just creating, you know, in a kind of an environment here that is, just amazing and you know coach Stig is such a great head coach so we try I really try and look at it everything happens for a reason because if I kind of you know if I get upset about you know when we before we got here we left Montana State and there was a a head our head coach was fired and there was a lot of you know we, we could sit there and be upset but we have to understand that this is part of the business and kind of look at it like 
you know, what's what's next and look forward to I, one of the things that I always do is buy them new gear wherever we're going right away. Because that's exciting. Everyone wants a new football jersey and just kind of treat it like a new adventure. How did you reach the point? That you learned not to take all that stuff personally. I definitely remember the, f- the first time we went through this because we were at the University of Idaho and I cried a lot. I just didn't understand. And I know, I think, I'm sure Jason was concerned, like, oh my goodness, like, will she be able to handle this? But the more we went through it, I understood. And it's just part of the deal. I mean, a lot of times when a head coach is let go, it's, they call it like cleaning house and they get rid of everyone else. And so I, I don't know where I just finally, like, I definitely think early on going through it enough, I just knew that it's just part of the deal. And I think he, t- I mean, Jason talked to me a lot because his, his dad coached college basketball. So he went through it a lot growing up. He remembers like moving, you know, the moving sign in the yard and not liking it and being upset. And I just, I really believe, you know, that children will pick up on you, the way you react. And so we've always just kind of thought, no matter what, it's okay if I'm upset, just talk to each other so that our children can just, you know, have a happy experience in this kind of crazy lifestyle. <laughs> Your off season is super busy as well because of recruiting. What do you think the average fan would be surprised to know about that aspect of football? I just think a lot of people do not understand that football truly never ends. <laughs> we actually looked at how many weekends he's he worked last year, and I believe it was like 40 out of 52 weekends. Wow. So we're talking about like camps, satellite camps. We're talking about, you know, spring ball training. And my husband likes to work a lot and grind away. And just there's always film to watch or something to do. So I don't think people really understand that side of it at all. Makes sense. Speaking of the off season, you guys have sort of started a tradition, you and Jason, of going to the Kentucky Derby. I think you've been (laughs) six times now. And so what is it, aside from the obvious that we hear about, about that sporting event that has resonated with you both and turned into this annual tradition? We actually, he, he actually went quite a few years before he met me. So he's gone 13 times, which is amazing. Oh, wow. And it, honestly, like I would add it to your bucket list, Kelly. It's an amazing yeah. event. I just, for probably the fashion side, I love to dress up. I love like, I actually have a place in Louisville that makes my hats to coordinate with my dress. So I just love that part of it. And we both love the horses. I like pick the name that I like and we love mint juleps and it's just kind of an overall amazing atmosphere. Everyone's happy and it's just a great event to go to. We usually too, we always go usually the coaches couple like this year we went with our cornerbacks coach, Dan Jackson and his wife, Missy. Um, And that's always fun because you know, it's there we're all kind of in this together and it's sports and another, you know, just something to do together. And we've met um, other coaches, family or coaches, couples to it at there before. Do you help uh, coordinate Jason's outfits so that they I do. go there? <laughs> I do. I usually plan my entire outfit and then we, you know, match his pocket square to like my dress and his tie and maybe his breast socks. <laughs> 
<laughs> so at least I'm using my degree somewhat. Totally. I, that's super fun. <laughs> so as we tape this, um, you actually have a completely quiet house, which I'm sure rarely ever happens. So never what, happens. What what is your <laughs> what's your Zen state like right now, and, and how are you enjoying this? Because uh, Jason. I, has- I, the voice I, feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm on vacation. <laughs> no, our host is never quiet with four boys. And usually I like chuckle that usually I'm saying what happened because I hear something crash or like someone's crying or someone's, you know, there's wrestling going on. So I'm thankful my husband, because he's going in later, took the boys you know, away so I could have this interview with you. <laughs> but I honestly feel like I'm on vacation right now. Well, I'm, I'm glad we could make you feel like that. <laughs> now, now I just need to get you a glass of wine or something. Right? You know, I know. Even though, it's, even though it's still like 10, 10 something there, but yeah. a mimosa. Yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> I love it. Last question for you. What uh, what are your predictions for South Dakota State's football team this year? Because you, you really have the insights, and I feel like, you know, people in general are sort of expecting this drop-off because you lose playmakers like Dallas and, and Jake, but you have a, you guys have a lot of peop- a lot of guys back. <laughs> yeah, we do, and I, you know what? I'm kind of happy people think that because I think they'll be, you know, surprised because, I mean, first off, our, our quarterback, Taryn's amazing. Um, and our offensive line will be great. Um, I just, I think um, when something, you know, like it's two players that were great players go away, then, you know, other people step up and we have really some, you know, we have a great running back, Mikey Daniels, great. And I'm, I'm excited. I think, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. <laughs> Very cool. Is there anything else you want to share or want people out there to know um, just about this unique lifestyle you live? And it's it's also a very special lifestyle. Yeah, I think, you know, being a coach's wife is a really, it's definitely, coaches' wives are some of the strongest people I know, but I really think that they play a big role in this football life because we're there to support we're the fan, you know, the cheerleaders in the stands and we're there for through the thick and the thin, the ups and the downs. And I don't think we get enough credit either sometimes, but I really believe that, you know, coaches families are one of a kind. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me today. And uh, thank you for having me, Kelly. Absolutely. I look forward. I'm trying to think what week, we have South Dakota State. I think it's, I want to say it's week six, maybe, or seven. I'll have to text you and let you know, because uh, yeah, hopefully I'd it's, love it's a road game. But in, but if I feel like it might be at, maybe at Northern Iowa that we have you guys. So I'll let you know. But I, I look yeah. forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, you too. <laughs> I definitely do. <laughs> If you like what you heard from Kimberly Eck and our MVFC First and Gold podcast, please do us a favor and share, subscribe, and leave a review. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other sports podcasts, shows like Bleacher Bums, 11th Inning Stretch, and Performance Nation. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.